Hey everyone, and welcome to our fifth ever episode of the Lagging Behind podcast. I'm your host, Squiggy, and I'm joined by Salezo and the return in Laura. Hello, you two wonderful people. Hey! Whoop whoop! How are you both this lovely, this lovely day? Devastated. Oh, was that, to be honest, sorry. I mean, I'm great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, nice. yeah. I mean, hey, lockdown's over. Cough, cough. <laughs> oh, that's not a corona cough. <laughs> yeah, lockdown, lockdown is something over. we'll go with that it's something it's over it's, squiggy it's definitely not over it shouldn't We're be free. Over. if you're listening to this while gallivanting around the park no, with stay your indoors friends, if you can less than two meters away don't listen to this podcast and if there's, we don't endorse it, that yeah and if there's more than six of you or whatever <laughs> do a quick head count yeah quickly count your friends that are around you if there's more than six leave like if, you're ha- if you're having a lagging behind listening like party where you've gathered all your friends over <laughs> we appreciate your enthusiasm but Turn it down just a little. Squiggy, what have you been playing this week? Um, this week, I've been playing a little bit of Mario Kart with, with you lovely people. Um, yeah. Played a bit of Warzone, like you do, because I am completely obsessed with that game beyond all belief. Um, I think I've played nearly four days worth of just playing Warzone, which is pretty pretty impressive. What, this week? Just, yeah, it's just this week. I have four days of my week this week <laughs> of just playing Warzone. No, since it came out, my, my game time's about four days. What, on it. Yeah. what level are you? Uh, I'm not sure. I hope prestige, it, by this point. No, because no, from what I gather, it, it resets every time mm. the new season starts. So it's, yeah. it sets back down to 55, and I think I'm at 120 now, possibly, maybe. I, I was just curious. I assumed it was three digits. I'm not sure. Yeah, because when it resets, I'm like, where's all my levels going? All that hard work sitting there playing Call of Duty is gone. Do you not have like an overall rank as well? Because I know Apex has like an overall one and a season one. I'm not sure. I think it's just one, one rank to rule them all. Okay. But um, all right, all right, Gollum, jeez. <laughs> but I, I will find out, and I'll let you know on the next podcast because I know Sweet. you're really, you're really interested. Um, the other game I've been playing is Animal Crossing. I've got back obsessed with that a little bit as well. Um, you know, doing the turnip market like you do. Managed to finally make it like a, a good profit on my turnips. Um, just need to get my island level up a little bit so then I can start terraforming and build my dream Disney island, which is the plan. That is the pipe dream. What will probably happen is it'll probably just be a little island with a few trees somewhere and then I'll get bored and go, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. But hey-ho, that's what I've been playing. Slazer, what have you been playing this week? Uh, so most spoilers, most of it is about the game we're going to discuss in a minute or two. But um, other than that, I played a little bit of Apex, as always, continuing on with uh, Season 5 and having some fun there. Not much else to say that I haven't already said about Apex. It's interesting now that you can do players lower on the, the maps with the vaults in them. I think it's World Edge, I think. So, because usually her ability is every player in your squad can take two items from the surrounding area. However, you're only allowed to take one item from a vault to try and not make that completely broken so you can just raid all the yellow and purple items so that's yeah that's an interesting solution to that problem and uh otherwise pretty much uh played some mario kart with you two and some of our other friends and trounced you all despite my joy cons going haywire i have now the fun I... now 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 on my screen i was in first <laughs> all the time they, they won't get they won't get Banter. that joke that's our inside but... joke we can laugh at it together <laughs> but yeah, my Joy-Con, I've got Joy-Con drifts. Uh, I had one of the original launch switches, so my Joy-Cons have finally started going AWOL. 
So, yeah, basically it would do fun things when my car would oversteer left or right because it thinks I'm still holding that in when I'm neutral. Or even better, because holding down, I believe, is reverse, there would be some times where I'd hit the perfect boost start and then my car would slam into reverse gear and start going backwards. So having to hammer the sticks to try and get myself going in the right direction again. And, and still, still winning. And he still won. I don't know how that happened. But I think my favorite part of that was when we were playing, I think it was Rainbow Road. And me yeah. and you were like level under the last <laughs> corner. We both yeah. went through the same boost, both fell off. But you fell off like, what, half a second before me? So you uh, came back yeah. on the track just in front of me and then finished right yeah. in front of me. It was good. There were like a couple of times on those ones where literally we were like going for it and I would like, yeah, and the final bend, like, oh, I've overshot. Whoops. Yeah. I did it this <laughs> time. I think when we played it the next time around, I think I did exactly the same thing again. Yeah. I think I was either. Too f- I was yeah, far I enough in front. Oh, I, I think was... you beat me on that one. Yeah, yeah I think I was far enough in front just to recover from it, just about. Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah. I forgot how much I enjoyed my record, actually. Yeah, it's uh, it was great to play it again. Uh, as I say, I need to get these controls sent off to get repaired at some point, but it was good fun. And then I uh, also dabbled in a little bit of Halo with uh, Laura and another one of our friends and uh, encountered a cult <laughs> of religious enthusiasts. Which was the greatest Halo experience of my life. I never expected to play with a bunch of people whose gamer tags all ended with Love's God and oh, actually, were in the one. cult. Did, yeah, no, yeah, I was wasn't going to humiliate new... them live on air, Laura. I'm just saying, there was one noob in the uh, cult who put love instead of loves, and it was just bugging me for the, for the, next, for the whole time. <laughs> they, we were, they were the leader, cult. that's what it is. I hope Maybe, not. maybe, because their entire clan was Jesus loves you, so it was like... It did make me feel a bit okay. like, you know, are they... I, a, it's... Are, are they a cult? Are they a church congregation getting together during the lockdown, playing some Halo, keeping in their spirits? Or you know, are they a group of priests? <laughs> who knows? I'm used to I'm used to like seeing clan tags on Xbox Live or people who like start with some combination of X's and O's. It's very rare you see someone who has like a properly formatted gamer tag with actual you know, <laughs> numbers or other things like that. So to come across those five was an experience. I it was and the fact they were playing free for all so it wasn't even that holy that they were playing as a team they were free for all and that's when we yeah. ended up with them. Oh, so. We should have we should have left party chat and see if they were on voice chat see what they were saying. Oh my <laughs> god, that would have been so amazing! And they'd be like, "Hello, we're from the church," and we're like, "Oh my god!" Hello, we're Scientologists. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> abandoned ship, abandoned ship. Oh. But yeah, that was a uh, that was my game playing again, apart from the one we're going to discuss in a minute. Uh, how how about you, Laura? Okay, let's see. So Mario Kart with yous that you both mentioned. Halos with yous that you both mentioned. <laughs> Streets of Rage 4, which was a, uh, not the sort of game I usually play, and I've never played one before, but I kept it was free on Game Pass Ultimate, so I gave it a go. I discovered I'm really bad at them, but then I got better and kept playing, and I now feel competent, and I actually really enjoyed it. So what's that? Uh, I think that's all. I think... I may have done a bit of two-point hospital because I wasn't here the week before. I've started that. and um, Yeah, which is just basically, I don't have theme hospital anymore, so next best thing. Yes, I have been meaning to play. Two- I think it's in my Steam library and I've been meaning to play it. I've just never got around to it. Oh, man, like so some- many other games. <laughs> some cool, funny disease. It's basically got the theme park humour down to a T, though. Like the mock star disease when they have to go to a psychiatrist because they're like dressing like Freddie Mercury. Which is- <laughs> what? It's the Mockstar disease, and like you, like you see him come in dressed as Freddie Mercury. Because at first, before he got diagnosed, I'm like, that guy looks like Freddie Mercury. It's like the famous yellow jacket outfit, and I was like, oh my god, it's a disease. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're quite fun. I can't think. Oh, I did some. 
gears technically i did do i'm, I'm doing the insane campaign to pass the time why Which gears? gears five or the original gears gears five gears five because oh, okay. oh wait no you need yeah you need it for seriously i need it for seriously 2.0 and i don't want to let slazo down you're gonna do it laura you've got the hardest part i think you may get don't right the season. right can i point out that doing insane i have not done the hardest part uh-uh. yeah insane is <laughs> Insane. Yeah. Yeah, but you're allowed to respawn, so you can it's drag one your corpse shot. over it's, the line. It feels like one shot and down in, in, in that. And I don't, oh, don't get me started on the buzzkill weapon in insane mode. Oh my god, get into cover, smack, boom, dead. There yeah. goes my head. Did we do four in insane, Laura? I don't remember because if we did, five is harder. <laughs> I feel like I know I've done one. I've definitely done one, two, and three on insane. I've definitely done some, but so far, Gears Five, five is Gears Five has proven to be the hardest one I've done on insane. And I say that knowing that it was a struggle with the others that I have done. But I, I always think... treat it like um, veteran mode on the Call of Duty 2 and 3 because I feel like they were always doable, but it was all about slugging and persevering. Yeah. I think... Don't remind me about veteran those <laughs> games. I think I found yeah. Gears 5 probably the most difficult out of all of them. I don't know if it's because there were so many like new bits to it as well with it being quite open and everything. I just yeah. felt like I was getting shot from everywhere. Whereas, like, I felt Gears 1, 2, 3, and 4, with them being quite linear, you kind of knew where all the enemies were coming from. Also, there is, I feel Gears 5 is, the, oh, it feels harsh, but it's true, the most broken one. Because um, I know we had errors where we played it and you lost all sound and sub, you just had subtitles. Oh, hilarious. Uh, it was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I counted yesterday that I died just as the cutscene was loading and it spawned me just before the cutscene, like four or five times, but the audio of the cutscene was playing while I was trying to kill this bloody wretch. Um, <laughs> it was, it was like, it was insane. It was just insanely bitch because you can hit, hear the cutscenes start about um, 30 seconds before you trigger them at the moment. Which is oh, weird. wait, so it didn't even like play it again? Like, it didn't overlap no, the audio or anything? It, oh. it just, it sort of just starts it again. So it's like you're getting the audio before you actually get the cuts. It's, but um, I mean, I know that's not game breaking, and I hate games that have glitches or errors. Uh, stuff that just break the game for you as in you cannot physically get round it past it or thing and i know this isn't one of them but it is annoying uh yeah that's my gaming experience for this series of weeks cool that's quite a, a decent spread of games i think it's I weird because like, we all play not... a few games together and then and we then all seem to play like one different game which is completely different to everything else if that makes sense yeah well i mean i'd still have been playing far fantasy 7 remake if i wasn't distracted by another game that I was obligated yeah. to play. <laughs> yeah, and me, me and you always seem to be playing battle royales. Yes, every week you're playing yes. Apex. I'm playing Warzone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, Apex cool. is fun. I, what, I, I feel and like I, I've I, gone into it enough in the past episodes. But yeah, I love Apex. Yeah. And you love Warzone. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, so let's move on to basically what this podcast is all about, which is free stuff. So we introduced a segment in week one and the idea behind it is that we all play through a game that's been free with either ps plus games with gold always on game pass and we all come back and talk about it the plan is to do it every fifth episode so obviously this being episode five episode 10 we'll do another one 15 so on. you know your five times table i'm not going to go into that so this week obviously we are ready to talk about bioshock which we're just in the week one of our podcast so what i thought we'd do straight away is just go quickly around and get some quick opinions on the game from everyone um, Slazer, I don't know if you want to start with your opinion on Bioshock. Just a quick, as if you had to give like a quick, <laughs> just a quick minute oh, review, if you know what I mean. Just throw me under the bus. Yes, completely. Yeah. Okay. 
so just to highlight my experience, I have not played Bioshock before until now, so playing it in 2020 for the first time, and I played the PS4 remaster, which is part of Bioshock the Collection. I assume that's exactly the same as the Bioshock remastered separate one that literally came out a week or two before we record this. I don't know. Yes. I yeah. can't see why it would be different. It would be weird if it was. Uh, yeah, I I feel like there's a lot in... If you put a lot into this game, you can get a lot out of it. But if you just try and play it casually, it just comes across as a pretty standard, generic shooter with a few quirks. But I'm also, as I say, experiencing this in 2020, where a lot of this stuff has already been taken by other games and improved and refined. Whereas if I played this in 2007, back in the world of like Half-Life 2 and Call of Duty 4, probably would have had a drastically different opinion. I think I think that's fair. Um, Laura, do you want to go with your opinion? Um, I mean, your I played quick. it. I played it originally, and then played it again. Obviously, this is my second time. I kind of just think it's a bit overrated. I feel like. I feel like I don't like the silence. <laughs> I feel, I feel I said this to sum it up to Seizo the other day actually when I was when I was hearing his problems. I feel it's a game I want to be better. It just feels like something they could have done more with. There's elements I like, but then I also feel like it's a half baked cake, but that's where I'm at. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um so my quick experience, I played it when it came out. I've played it on PC and I've also played it on PS4. It's part of the remastered collection, so I really like it. I think it's. A, I think honestly, I think it's. It's still one of the best games. I do think that I don't think it's aged as well as some games because of obviously some of the stuff that's around now is is refined it a lot. But I still think it's a really good game for what it is, and I would happily play it again. There's a few frustrations which we'll talk about a bit later on, but for me, I still really enjoy Bioshock. But I think that's quite interesting that obviously says that you've not played it no. previously. And that was your opinion, but then Laura kind of shares her opinion, even though she's played it previously as well. So when it first came out, Laura, what did you think? Uh, when it, it first came out, I was really excited because I got I play. I remember actually play. It's one of the only games I remember playing the demo for. Yeah. Um. Uh. And being like, oh, it has creepy vibes. I like what it's doing. It's a bit different from what's out there. Um. But I always just kind of. It was one of those games that I enjoyed when I played, but it wasn't good enough to draw me back and make me want to play it which is weird. And then since, since it, it doesn't help that since, obviously, I know we're looking back on this, but since then I've played Bioshock Infinite, which is the best Bioshock experience for me. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, said, I said thanks. Who am I thanking? You're, you're, you're welcome, Laura. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Infinite's a better, a better game than the original Bioshock. Definitely. So, yeah. out of interest, then, because I've, I've only played Bioshock 1 now, for the first time now, uh, have you two played 2 slash Infinite to the end, or...? Yeah, yes. I've, played, I've played all of them. Okay, multiple times, surprisingly. What? Yeah, I think. Oh. I think. <laughs> so the, the next thing that I really wanted to talk about was the setting of Rapture. So obviously, Bioshock One and Two are set in Rapture. Infinite's not, um, and that's the reason why I'd rather play the original Bioshock over Infinite because I prefer the setting. So I love Rapture. Rapture is one of my favorite settings in a video game. I think it's just like the the old Art Deco style. And then obviously you've got all the different zones and how it's all underwater. I think it's fantastic. I really do. I'd, I'd love to know what you I think. I love the idea of Rapture. Like before I played it, obviously I've heard people talking about it for like a decade or so. This magnificent underwater city with like lots of like creative different design and all that. 
but it's usually just pitched as this magnificent underwater city. That as an idea, I love. I think that sounds amazing. I just never really feel that it quite realizes what it what the potential of that is. So like at first you'll be exploring and there's kind of sort of a steampunk, also sort of I think I always wrote in my notes, um, it was the ocean zone from Crystal Maze, which is <laughs> essentially set on an ocean liner. But you've got a lot of those kind of similar touches of like pressure valves and all that, because obviously you're under the water. The crystal maze. <laughs> I, the, that was the that was my first immediate point. I've never heard that one said before. Yeah, but I, 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 I like it. I understand where he's coming from, but I yeah. thought he was be like, it's got a nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties vibe. It's got that very like artsy Hollywood golden era of America vibe with the haircuts in the fit, like you know the music is it's jazzy music, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And it's got them yeah. sort of vibes where you're like, get them buys, and they're like a whiskey and a cigar, and you, that's a really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on this one, but how many Americans like, are you offending at this it moment does, in time? It does have that prohibition era feel to a lot of it. Thank well. you. There is a word for it where I, I call it the <laughs> get them boys era. Get them boys. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a charm in itself. I I kind of agree with Slazer though. For as much like as bits of it you like, but then I feel like they could have done more like you, i just i feel like you get it sucks you in halfway i feel like it, it's like a hoover that sucks you in halfway and you get stuck in the pipe yeah like <laughs> when you go from, like going i'm not gonna break the ball down but like going from level to level there are definitely some that stick in my mind like fort frolic or the farmer's market and then there are some that i will never think of again because they were just bland decrepit areas it was like a ply theme here yeah pretty much and yeah, then again, I, for some of them it works some of them yeah yeah it's an interesting one because i i really i really enjoyed it but now when you play it again i think that they probably could have done more if they didn't have the limitations of like the 360 back yeah then. so i think that if this game was brand new for this generation that i think they might obviously it'll probably be an open world game because open world's everything these yeah, days, I that think was, able to explore that was, that was a weird bit. thing. Being like, oh, I'm traveling and loading. Like, oh yeah, this is 2007. Yeah, yeah. it's it's weird to get it's weird to get used to again, considering all these other games where it's just like a mass open yeah. world. I um, just automatically assumed it would be open world. And I'm like, wait, no, yeah, 2007. Whoops. Yeah, I know it's it's weird because that's that's kind of how I thought when I went back into it because I hadn't played it for a while and I forgot how linear it actually is and how. You've got to basically you follow the arrow to this certain point. That's a loading point while it loads the next part of the level. And even like when you get in the the lifts or whatever, it's a loading it's a loading screen basically for the next part of it. Yes. And it felt a bit weird going back to that, considering now you can what on the Witcher you can run for miles and miles and miles and miles and not get a loading screen. And like Metal Gear Solid Five is exactly the same. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't. Like I have a bunch of critiques of the game, but that's not what I'm going to hold it against it. Because oh That'd no, be it has fine. to load. Okay. Yeah. I'll oh, wait. No, that's, that's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing against. <laughs> I'll pull out my just... iPad for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just one of them that going from 2000 and 2007 yeah. to now, yeah. it's a little bit weird considering what you're used to. I think. Yeah. Is Bioshock Infinite open world, or is that level based as well? Um, I think it's. I think it's still level based, but there's a little bit more openness to. Do you feel uh, it's, it's got it's that still, vibe? Yeah, like, it's, it's still very, based. it's still very linear that you've got to go to this point by this the, this way to do yeah. it. But I think it's a bit before you get to that point. It's quite open, so even in the first part of it, there's quite a little bit to explore. But you've still got to go via this one way to get to the next part. 
if that makes sense. No, no, that, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. I still want to play it on the Switch because I want to see how it runs. That's what I'm really interested in. If you're making I, thinking I, that's I'm gonna good. be a future, bring it back, let's play it on the Switch and talk about it. You got another <laughs> thing coming. No. It's fine, because it'll never <laughs> be free. Hey! Yeah, that's true on the Switch. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> I'll just buy it and I'll just tell you about it. I was gonna say that's cool you can just that. do what that's we've fair. been playing, Squiggy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'll just save it for then. I'll just talk about it then. <laughs> so I think I think we've talked about the setting quite a bit, and it's one of them that I think I've spoken about many a time. Um, previously over the few years, how much I loved it and everything. Um, but obviously, the other important part is the story of the game. Uh... Um... <laughs> yes. See, this this is story. where... So this is where, I think until a certain point, I think the story is really good. And then it drags a little bit towards the end. And I think you probably know the same point that I'm talking about. Do you mean Act 3 by any chance? Pretty much, yeah. I think once you have the plot twist of Would You Kindly... Um, and then from then on, I think it, it drags a little bit from there. Like, I think the build up to that's really good story wise. And then I think it just drags and it's just like, go here to fetch this, go there to fetch that and fetch this. It becomes like a fetching quest, I think. I don't know what. <laughs> you, so, you uh, yeah. um, <laughs> do you want to say your bit, Laura, before I say mine? It's up to you. I, I mean, I feel like it wanted you to have that false finish vibe and like sort of, I don't know, maybe I, I just find it weirdly paced across the board to be honest i think it starts quite slow and you have that and that gives it like a creepy vibe which i feel like i'm the only one who gets creeped out by it but um and then and then that just sort of they all of a sudden go speed everything up and then they pull it back and you're back to being a slow drab to finish it's just i just think the pacing's off to be honest yeah it definitely climaxes in act two and then it's like, but wait, there's more, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm done now. I'm I'm ready to move on. Like, no, no, you gotta do these extra levels. I'm like, okay, cool. It's nice seeing exploring the houses, but can I? And like, nice exploring the laboratories and all that. But c- can we be done? Are we over? Uh, my problem with the narrative is so posthumously, I've read and like watched some stuff on it about the narrative. And when the narrative is explained to me in that format, I'm like, oh no, this is actually no, it's interesting how they all play with each other and the backstory of everyone. Uh, unless you listen to every audio diary on the off chance it tells you the plot, you won't know 95% of this. You'll just know that some weird guy called Atlas is being like, go here, please, go there, please, cool, do that. Ryan's bad. Why? Because he is. And I mean, yeah. he is. But um, <laughs> you're like, great, who are, who are you? Why do I? Okay, sure. Great. Got it. I'll do what you say. You've been mind controlled. Spoiler. It's like, sure, but I also couldn't progress the game if I didn't do this, so not really? Uh, you didn't really give me a choice in progressing the narrative of the game unless I did do this, so it's one of the pitfalls of being an interactive medium, where it's like, haha, you fell into my trap. I'm like, well, not really, because I hadn't done it. I'd have just sat there and yeah. beat the game. <laughs> like, you get the idea behind it, but <laughs> yeah, you've got no choice anyway to do it. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I just... To, to me, it was two crazy businessmen fight. Also, you're there for some reason. So, like a lot of the twists. Again, when I when the narrative was explained to me, I was like, oh, okay, this actually makes a lot more sense. But during the time of the game, like, so there's a reveal at the end of the game when you're in the final elevator, and it's like, you were like a son to me, and I died laughing. But apparently, <laughs> you are his son. So clearly, I missed that in every part it was explained. I just, I don't know. You can't have your narrative just all be in the background. Otherwise, 
You can have you meant the intrinsic in the bonus facts or snippets that make it a little bit better should be the yes. audio clips, and then your main yeah. narrative is told to you. So it should be like we say the whole like a son. If that comes across in the main narrative, but you don't actually get confirmation that you're his son, so there's that mystery. But in an audio log, it's heavily hinted. That's fine because I feel like you get the vibes that you're like his son, but then it can be a bonus that you are his son. Like I can see how you can make that work, but I kind of get where Slazer is coming from. Whereas it kind of felt like too much important was in audio logs that you could miss and then when they're being played to you you're kind of busy fucking getting killed or killing yeah people. that's yeah. the other thing because everything is done through essentially audio logs like you almost never interact with a non-hostile entity face to face i think sander Co- not sander cohen whatever his name is the thought frolic guy is about the only exception this rule yeah mm-hmm. but uh yeah, otherwise they're saying that. And sometimes, sure, you'll be able to concentrate on that because you're at the start of an area or something. But other times they'll be yakking at you and you're like, well, I'm still fighting splices here. What? What'd you say? Yeah. What? You, t- oh. you can't concentrate on that because you're busy. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit like you watch a movie, but you've got to read the book to get the full thing from it. Like, I think, I think, it's, I, think it's I still think it's me. really good. But I think there's bits of it that are missed out because of that. Like, I really do enjoy all the little video, all the voice. Um, yeah, the voice things that we pick up because I do think a lot of them add to what Rapture was like. Oh, I completely agree. That. But like, for some of them, you've got you've got to listen to some of them to get an idea of the story. And some of them, there. I just I just can't. I, not that I can't bother listening to them, but if I'm busy fighting or I know that I'm about to go into another area, you're not going to hear it all because the loading screen's going to appear. And I think it's it does detract a little bit from the plot and everything. But then some of them do make the actual idea of rapture a lot better and help you explore that a little bit more and i think yeah, if they I used it for that it would have been perfect i listened to a handful anyway. of them throughout and don't get me wrong a lot of some of them were irrelevant garbage but some of them did add to it but also because you're always um for better or worse because i know half-life 2 and some other games do this as well you're always kind of in gameplay mode which is fine i'm not saying that having 20 million cutscenes is a good design choice or anything it's nice to be I able to play like I know, right? It's <laughs> nice to be able to play while this is going on. But again, if you don't kind of focus the player on the important beats, they will just get missed. It's why, yeah. again, I refer to it again. I like the Cohen bit because you literally you go, I'm going to leave now. And then he takes over and it's like, no, no, no. Forget those two. Listen to me. Focus on me. And he's kind of the way he talks and what he says makes you instinctively focus on what he's saying as opposed to just carrying on. I love the Sander Cohen part of the game. Fort Frolic is it. by far the best level. <laughs> I love it. He's just, he's crazy. Yes, but and he keeps it. you focused on him and yeah. the level and its themes all focus around him. And there's a few bits that do annoy me about that I've discovered posthumously, like the plaster splicers. I never saw them because I never used that upgrade station. So they were just guys for me. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is by far like the best design level the best level that ties its themes into its purpose and yeah i i really enjoyed fort frolic i had nothing but positive things pretty much to say about fort frolic yeah it's i think it's it's one of those where i think the story is good provided yes. you explore everything but it but it could be better and this is a, this is a weird one are there actually many cutscenes in the game there are what do you define as a cutscene like obviously like what you said, there's a lot like Metal Gear Solid that has a lot of cutscenes to tell a story. If you mean bits where you straight up can't control your character, off the top of my head, there's the opening, Descent to Rapture, um, a man chooses a slave of base, 
There's a bit when, when you're you wake up in Tenabom. Yeah, when you wake up yeah. in Tenabom's office and the ending, I guess. Yeah. But there's not really there's not really a lot, is there? So you've got to explore no. to get more of the background story yourself, I think. Yes. Which is which is probably something that I don't know if many games really do that, that I've played anyway. There's obviously a lot of games I play is here's a cutscene explaining what's going on. Go to a part, do this bit, there's another cutscene explaining what's happening next and so on and so on. Whereas I don't think this game does that too much. It's more explained no. through interactions with characters or through the... It, it, the it varies from game to game. Like a lot, Most games are more hands-on than Bioshock with making sure their story is communicated to the player. It's. I'm not saying it's a bad style to do. As I say, Half-Life 2 also does a pretty similar thing where you're always kind of moving about. Although that just locks you in place sometimes. It goes like, yeah, you're still in control, but not really. Whereas, yeah, this gives you a lot more freedom and... I've blanked on the other thing I was going to say. So. I think, oh no, that was it. So it's more like, because another game that's sort of, seems that sort of do this is I know a lot of the Souls games have, rather than straight up telling you the story, it's a lot of environmental storytelling where you have to kind of infer from the placement of objects and what they are and yeah. the various people around. And you go, oh, okay. And you can put the links together. But those obviously are a lot more reliant on their gameplay as the primary driving factor than story necessarily. Yeah. Like I couldn't tell you the story to Bloodborne at all. Wibbly wibbly woo, you're a space slug now. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, I think. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a weird one. I think like the way they've done it is it's good, but it's also bad in a way. Like yeah. depending on how you it, look at when it. When it was explained to me in the moment, I didn't have a clue. Yeah, and I think you've got to do a. I think I've had to do a bit of reading into the background as well to get the full the full story of it. And I think if you. I can't remember if you play Bioshock 2. I think a few things are explained in Bioshock 2 I know some people well. said that Burial at Sea, I think that's the expansion, explained some stuff, which I didn't play. That's the DLC from Infinite. Oh, is it? Oh, well, what and do I know then? <laughs> you go up, but that takes you back to Rapture. So basically, without, without spoiling everything too much, all three games are linked. No shit. Like the yeah, third they, one. They, they try Bioshock 1 and like, 2 are linked. Um, no, no, they in, try... Infinite as well. Yeah, yeah, they try okay. and hint that Bioshock Infinite is when you start them. Um, they go for a different vibe and look at everything, so it's kind of a big deal when you find out it. Yeah, link. Yeah, like everything's linked because I think there's all these lighthouses or something. I, I don't want to say some stuff that's wrong, but I think something to do with lighthouses link all these different things together. <laughs> that way, it's it's weird. Anyway, um, what did you do with the little sisters in the game? Did you harvest them or did you save them? So I save mean, what I. What I wanted to do was leave them be to live happily ever after because they're not, unlike all the spicers who are always trying to kill you or most of the bosses who are trying to kill you, the big daddies and little sisters just wander around quite happily and they won't engage the player. Like the worst you'll get is if you're in the way of the big daddy, he might shove you out of the way. But if you don't fire at them, they won't engage you ever, which was really refreshing. So I wanted to leave them be and just be like, you know what, I'll, I'll take my chances without Adam. We'll see how this goes. And I went to like where the next level starts. At which point, a lovely big notice upon the game says, "What the shit are you doing? Get Adam, you moron, or you're going to die horribly." <laughs> yeah, we can't force you to, but it's heavily, heavily implied you should. So it's like, oh, fine, guess I will then. So uh, I rescued them all. You rescued them all, so you got the you got the good ending. Yeah, the good ending. You're allowed to harvest one, I think, for the good ending. But otherwise, but yeah, yeah. no, I rescued yeah. them all. Yeah, you can and, only harvest one. Yeah, and as I discovered afterwards, it's mostly irrelevant which one you do. Yep. 
not, not from him. not from the ending, but in terms of the resources you get. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny that they make it like seem like a moral choice without it really being a moral choice. Because I yeah. mean, it's like oh, so awful. but he's like not really. I kind of got to do something, and it's not going to really affect. You get the good ending and the bad ending, but it's not like I'm going to get more or less. It's just all going to work out because it's a game. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Is, they they deliberately the balance things. it. So yeah, it's, it's one like of the things the that I put in my like my bad points about the game that you've got this choice but the choice doesn't mean anything like the endings don't mean anything there's nothing carries over to anything whereas well, like no, i will massive... say go on because am i allowed to discuss the endings yeah yeah, yeah we can talk about the endings. they Spoilers. are so poles apart like if you harvest them well sorry no if you save them all you're allowed to harvest one like they give you that little bit of leeway probably to so you can go oh shit what have i done but uh yeah, yeah if you do that if you do the happy ending, then you they you save the little sisters and you set them free at the end. You all live happily ever after, and I think you marry five of them. I don't know. That's why Adop- no, he, ado- he adopts five of them. Is his daughter? Oh, is it adopting? Okay, yeah, he, doesn't right. like, he doesn't marry five sure. of them. I, I thought he got creepy. shacked with five of them. I was like, man, <laughs> Jack, you player. But uh, <laughs> but if you so much if you harvest two or more, so say you harvest two and go, you know what? I feel bad for doing it. Nope, you're literally worse than Hitler as you were. St- set splices upon the world take over nuclears in a submarine and it's literally yeah you're 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 the antichrist now it's like what yeah Jesus, what? like it's, if you harvest the ball sure if you harvest two like you're probably yeah. not a psychopath <laughs> yeah this is the kind of thing that i thought you've only got the options of these two endings and one of them's like good as gold the other one is literally like you've gone off the deep end literally yeah <laughs> and so, so, like when i first played it I think I got the bad ending because I harvested two of them because I forgot oh, that I harvested because I forgot that I harvested one of them earlier. Right. So I got the bad ending. I was like, "Have I done that?" And then I played through it again and got the good ending. And I was like, "Well, this is a bit, uh, it's a bit different." I've gone from being Hitler to being like a, an angel. And yeah. it was like one little sister made the difference. And again, like I was going to say, it's one of my bad points that there's nothing really. It doesn't matter what you do, like. Ending yeah. wise doesn't really matter what, because there's no sequel what, that's based on that ending. Yeah, what really no... surprised me because at the moment, obviously, in the moment of doing it, I was like, "Oh, this is neat." So, like at the end of Act Two, when the whole big reveal happens, and then you're chased out of the office by uh, like electrics. The little sisters appear and like, "Oh no, come in here, come in here, hide in here." And again, because I thought this was the end of the game, I'm like, "Oh, that's really cool!" Like by saving them, they've now opened up this easy escape route for me. Yeah. No, that's just the game. Yeah. Yeah, I thought exactly the same thing. Uh, the first time I played it. it, but it doesn't matter. It's it's a bit like imagine playing like for example Mass Effect Two, and there's a suicide mission at the end of Mass Effect Two, and imagine yeah. like half your squad dying, but then twenty minutes later they all appear again. Like hi 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 Commander Shepard, you all right? How you doing? It's a bit like that. I think that it just doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, and the story at the end doesn't really do anything to it. But uh, yeah, that's that's always an interesting part. So that's kind of that's the main part that I don't like about the game um just that. another th- no there's i've got a couple of other things because <laughs> so that was gonna be the next thing i want to talk about but i'll just segue into them here so i always found the switching between the plasmids and the weapons were a little bit clunky like being able to <laughs> <laughs> so like yes. so like the game a little. when it first when it got first advertised was like here's a guy freezing a splicer and then shotgunning them and breaking them up into little pieces and yes. it looks so smooth and seamless. And I was like, oh, that's really fun. Let me that try that. By far and away the best combo in the game. But it's not it's not as straightforward as what it looks. It is a little bit clunky to do. Because I think is it 
Is it Left Bumper brings up the, the uh, wheel? On PS4, it was, yeah, Left Bumper. Don't, don't start me on this. I'll get to that in a sec. But yeah, <laughs> Left Bumper brings out whatever your current spicer is, or if you hold it, you can pick from your weapon wheel. Right Bumper for weapons and all that. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is great. You can actually dual wield them, but you can't. No. I think you can in. Can you do that in Bioshock too? I can't remember. But anyway, oh. that was that was the problem. That I was like, oh, this is really good. You know, you you freeze someone, shotgun them, break them into pieces. But then it's actually about twenty button presses to get to where you want to be. And it's just that when you're getting like overran by them, it's a bit. Oh, this is a bit. A bit yeah, rubbish. combat really... is. It wants to be fast, but it never seems to have the tools to do so. Now, admittedly, for me, as I alluded to earlier. Um, and if you've seen my Twitter, you'll have probably noticed I completely missed that there was a weapon wheel somehow. <laughs> Apparently, the game tells me I never picked up on it. I just thought you pressed the button to swap to the next weapon. So that's it probably does... hindered a lot of my ability in yeah. combat. <laughs> but even then, I don't think the weapon wheel's that intuitive either, or the plasmid wheel. I don't think they're that intuitive. And I think, like what you said there, I think the shooting feels a little bit off as well. Like, I think like, basically, if this was a game just based on narrative in the setting it'll be perfect it'll be really good but it is classed as a shooter as well and i don't think it gets the shooting quite right yeah it that kind of time I've it. a lot of the game like a lot of the build of it kind of always seem to imply that you can do these brilliant combos of plasmids and weaponry and all that but it never really like i'd say outside of like basic combos like you just said there where it's like i'm gonna freeze you and then shoot a steel arrow through you which shatters you and then you don't get any pickups because there's no corpse like that's that was a neat combo that's about yeah. as deep as it ever really gets because everyone's yeah, like, like oh the bees it's like great okay i can yeah. shoot bees at someone and like, cool the, the other one is like electrocuting the puddles if you get them to stand in a puddle and electrocuting them yeah you can electrocute the puddles sort yeah. of you can, you can set oil puddles. on fire and then not be able to move past it for a minute yeah. i think you can set splices on fire and then they'll run to water to yeah. put themselves out, and then you can electro- electrocute them in the water, which I think is really cool. But like, yeah, I wish there like, had been more combos. And a big daddy. It gets a little bit difficult to do, I think. Yeah, I wish there were more combos and versatility. It also doesn't help with the weapons if you like swap to a weapon and you go, wait, no, I need this different ammo type, and then you're there for the next five seconds to reload that ammo type. Yeah. Which I get why, I like, but yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit like I, I, like I keep saying, I do really enjoy the game, but I think there's little bits of it which could be improved on. I'm positive they are improved in two and infinite. I can yeah, they, they, they by the end, by by the time you get to infinite, I think they've rounded up, perfected the formula. I can't yeah. really remember how much yeah. is perfected by two. I know it's better in terms of a lot of you know, like gameplay wise. Yeah. But I, but they definitely, I I definitely feel they got this feedback at the time and then were like, let's make sure we don't get that again. Yeah, as I say, I did have. I mean, see, as we're talking about combat now, I may as well just go into some of my other yeah, problems. Go for it. it. Sure. Um, there's very few splicer varieties that you fight. Essentially, there's there's the spiders who can crawl on the walls. Uh, there's the Houdinis yeah, yeah. who teleport around. Don't get me wrong, I love both of those. There's the Leadheads who are essentially just I'm a guy who takes a lot of damage. That's my gimmick. And then there's some one or two other garden variety ones I completely forget. Like, those are the main ones. But there's not, and there's the plaster ones, as I mentioned in Fort Frolic, if you do the thing that activates them. Otherwise, you'll never see them. And I'm not sure why you'd do that when there's so few enemy types to begin with, why you would lock one away. But okay. So, yeah, I just, there was, so there isn't a lot of variety in the enemies you fight, per se. And then, but of course, you're probably saying, but Slazer, the big daddies. 
yes, the walking tanks, which only you fight. two types of them, I think. Yeah, there's some which will rush you and try and beat you up, and then there's some which have more like a... They don't use it, but they have like a harpoon, and they try and just shoot mines next to you, and that's yeah. that's it. That's the big daddies. And they're all pretty much dealt with the same way, in that you try and get a wall between you and them, and then just dance around it while you wail into them and hope that you do enough damage. Yeah, but even even it. then, it doesn't matter if you die because they stay on the same health. So you just go to the Vita chamber and then this you. Is, this is my next. This is my last bullet point. Ah, oh, go for it, Squiggy. <laughs> Vita chambers. So like, you can do so much damage to all these different splices and big daddies and get killed. And literally, you can respawn around the corner, pop back round, one shot in each of them, job done. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you, you why would I use the health kit? kit? Why would I waste one of my health kits when I just know I'm going to respawn five seconds away? Yes, and it kind of like it takes the difficulty away from it as well. Yes. And there's no none of that sense of I need to stay alive. It is kind of like playing Call of Duty where you know you're gonna respawn, but more like Call of Duty multiplayer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know you're gonna respawn and your enemies are still gonna be there on the same health. There so, are no like you respawn with half life instead of full. That's about it. That's the only consequence of death, really. But if you've got if you've got no life, coming back with half life's better than Yeah, pretty much. Like there were times where I wasn't just the big daddies, I just kind of took I kind of made that a mechanic of the game in and of itself of being like, do I bother healing here or do I just roll over and come back with half my life? Like sometimes you'd be like, the security's on to you. Oh, the security alert's going for 60 seconds. I'm like, cool, shoot me. Just kill me now. That'll reset the alarm. Get it over with. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I can't be bothered to run for a minute. Just end me now so we can get back there. And I praise it that it's because of that, it's very fast respawning. You'd have to wait for a loading screen to come back into life. That's in this day and age especially that's amazing that that but yeah it completely sacrifices any difficulty yeah i think one of the achievements on the 360 was completing it on hard mode without using a vita chamber yes that's still a trophy on the yeah. ps one. but i didn't probably, do that christ no i'm good i beat the game once that's enough yeah it's gonna be quite difficult to do um but yeah when you're playing normally just like for a casual playthrough you can just die and yeah. not worry about it. I mean, I don't think I died that often because I think I always had quite a few health packs. And there's a few times I did die, and I thought, well, I've died. So what? Like you don't you don't put a value yeah. on your life in the game. Yeah. Um, compared to like I mean, those games like you would. Yeah, and then I mean, I did because I saved the med packs, so I actually used them. And I was like, right, I'm going to save these for the final boss. So I've got max med packs. <laughs> the boy, he goes down so easy. What like, did that put in our notes for the podcast? Final boss. Lol, 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 lol. What That's you hit? Here's here's my hot strat. If you want to beat the final boss, um, go left or right. Yep. Congrats, you've beaten him. He yeah. can't hit you to save his life. Yep. And after all the big daddies who like can be really aggressive and like take you down. So I I, I focused on health because of how much damage the big daddies can do. They, they still were able to whale me. But this guy with all the Adam in the world is useless. Yeah, I think there's there's another boss. I can't remember his name, but it's in like it's in like an icy place. That was my favourite one. That was my favourite. I found that harder than the final boss. I think I died a couple of times in there, but I don't think I had much ammo when I was doing it. Well, what happens with that one in that ice, in that refrigerator area, it's actually one of the most interesting fights because before you get to him, he's like, well, I'm a bit suspicious of you. So can you put these, like all your guns in this tube? So you go in there with no guns. So you have to fight him with your wrench and your plasmids and you can pick up a pistol off some of the... Yeah, I think that's what it is. I picked up a pistol, but there wasn't much ammo in it. But I loved that. That was probably the, my favorite boss battle in the entire game. My favorite fight in the entire game, just because you had to think creatively in that room. Yeah, I think I, I, I think after the, I think I died 
because I think my my plan was to kill one to get a weapon. Yeah. And I think I did that a couple of times and I died straight away and I was like, right, I need to go back and rethink this. So I think I started using my plasmids a little bit more. Like setting yeah. people on like fire. That like that one really thing. encourages you because I had the, um, there's a neat plasmid we are used a few times, which is like essentially sets the security systems on people. Yeah. So I just was I lobbing that at the boss and his minions and it's like, ah, oh, but you shouldn't have summoned those drones, mate. Have fun fighting yeah. them. I think I might have, like go find health. I think I did that at one point. I think I did it because of the turret at the top, I think. Yeah. If I remember rightly, I think I did it on the turret while I carried on around just trying to do a few things. Yes. But yeah. But that was so much better than the final boss, which was a non-event. A, a joke. Yeah, did, I think did, I think like what was said earlier from from the big reveal, like the would you kind of big reveal, it does go downhill a little bit. I was expecting a fight with Ryan, but no, he just heals over. Yeah, golf club him. <laughs> Pretty much. It's yeah. like wow, okay, you've been trying to kill me all this time, and now you just yeah, I'm just gonna sit here and take it. Like, yeah. good to know. I know it's a bit it's a bit strange, but hey ho. Um, have you got any more bad points you want to talk about, Slazer? I thought probably. Um, Do you want to play <laughs> now? I, I mean, Laura, you certainly, did you have any thoughts on the combat while I look up what other things I wanted to say? <laughs> did I have any thoughts on the combat? I just think it's really basic. I mean, like I said, it's hard to... When you're playing it and you, you bear in mind that it is the first one in the series and you think back on when it come out, which you said multiple times in this, <laughs> you look at it and you kind of accept it because you know things get better having played the other ones. So that is always in my, was in my mind when I was revisiting it. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is a bit clunky. And I don't like the fact that sometimes the enemies seem to just come out of nowhere. That might just be me because I did build it up as being a really creepy games and stuff like that. And I felt uh, like I had no were, chance. There were definitely times where I was like, I've cleared that room. And then when I went back for it, I'm like, why are there five enemies here now? Yeah. What? I'm not sure where they've come from sort of thing. Um, it, it's weird. it is weird. I mean, I didn't really have any massive gripes with it, but I do think it might be because I was like, well, this is going to get better. So I'm like, oh, I would allow it. It's like when I play the same fight of Venom, like when I play Mass Effect 1, which I think Squiggy definitely has, is the combat is light years behind the other games, but you're playing it like, I'm glad they fixed this. I can get through it. This is, you know, acceptable, but... Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's not awful. Terrible. It's just it's not the worst it's, combat, it's but just, it's just very basic. Yeah, yeah. I like the very... variety of weapons. Yeah, I think I think combination-wise, you can do a lot yeah. of stuff. But yeah, I don't find it frustrating, it. which is the main thing. I, that's why I don't really get angry with the combat because I've played games, even games that have come out this year. Year no, not this year. It's only fucking like June. Uh, last year or um, the year before, I am thinking of one game in particular, and I don't want to shade it because I shade it on this podcast all the time. But I play that, and everything's frustrating about it. I don't, I didn't get frustrated playing Bioshock. Yes, I thought this could be better, or this could be uh, refined. But I was like, I'm not frustrated. I, I'm not gonna lose because of the combat system. That sounds really weird to say. <laughs> sounds no, like no, I'm blaming games. <laughs> it feels like I'm blaming the game, but. It's kind of one of those. There's, I I don't like talking bad about games where they're not. They don't frustrate me. There wasn't enough wrong with the combat system for me to pull my hair out. Basically, that's the best way to put it. No, that's that's fair. I I can I agree with that. Like there are plenty of annoyances in the combat, but it's not bad. Yeah, I'm not thinking. My God, I'm not going to play this game anymore because the combat is just so infuriating. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. It's not. It's not brilliant, but it's not terrible. Um. So yes, have you found any more bad points? I, I found my notes now. Where I've there we go. Down. Miscellaneous nonsense that I wrote down 
Uh, so I'm gonna have to take notes. <laughs> and play the I mean, note. I did, but it was my first time playing it. You two have played it a few times, so it's easy. Uh, photographing was a weird mechanic. I'm not 100% sure why that was included, really. Outside of your uh, Cohen's thing, where it could literally have just been a thing he gives you and then takes away. Like, did you even bother? It's yeah. So the idea yeah. is by taking photographs of enemy types, you research them, and that gives you like buffs against them in combat. But like, I wasn't even thinking like outside of when you're given it and told to photo some spider splices or for Cohen. I didn't really think of that as like a thing to do. I just was fighting enemies. It didn't really occur to me to go. Oh, I should observe them, especially when they're charging at you. Yeah, I think. I think I did it on the 360 just to get achievements for doing it. But when yeah. I played it again on the PS4, I just I took the photos that I needed to take. Yeah. And just carried on with it. I, to be honest, I'd completely forgotten about photo- photographs <laughs> until you mentioned that that's how little yeah, I cared about that's, it. Yeah, that's why I was like, this is really weird. Like, when they were doing, like, oh, I need photos, I was like, you need, you need what? Did this? What? I'd never heard anyone talk about that in Bioshock. So I was like, oh, okay. This is a mechanic? Sure. So there's that. Uh, another mechanic, hacking. Um, I found it either hilariously easy or j- just impossible. So you would either, So basically, hacking is uh, if you've ever played Oil Rush, it's that. So you reveal pieces, you kind of swap them into places, and you have to make a path from A to B. That's fine in and of itself. There's a few pieces that have modifiers. There's some tiles which will kill you if you hit them. That's all fine. A lot of the time, hacking is quite simple. Uh, I think I did have some mods on that made it easier, but I, I think they've been on since the start. So, But then there were some very notable ones where it just couldn't be doable. So like the safes, for example, generally started you off with like two pieces visible that were going to turn your oil into the wall. And generally, by the time you discovered it was a dead end, the oil had already progressed past the point of no return, which kind of drove me mad that you could either do the puzzle and like not really have any difficulty with it, or you would go, ah, so this is there and this is there. I can't beat the puzzle now. I just can't beat it because I've revealed the tiles and they've told me, get fucked. And that kind of annoyed me a lot, that it was basically just easy or you lose lol. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. The ones that I, I think I remember from the first time I played, the safes were just really difficult yeah. to hack. So I when just I used auto hacks on the yeah, safes. Pretty much. So when I played it through the next time, I either just auto hacked or just left them. So yeah. I didn't have any issues with any hacking at all because it was just so simple. Yeah, as I say, I think I had I hacked most of the turrets just because it was usually the easiest way to deal with a turret was just electrocute it, hack, electrocute it, hack, yeah. electrocute it, hack. Apart from like I think the first boss where I you ha- where you only have like two plasmid slots at that point and you kind of need them for fire and telekinesis, so you kind of shit out of luck at that point. Yeah, you've kind of just got to hope that you can yeah make it around it. Yeah. And that was when I was still trying to figure out how the security systems work. So I was like, why am I triggering this? Ah, yeah. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah. Um, it Having um, doors that you have to come up with four-digit codes for for hacking is great. I have no problem with that. Or like giving the player the option to hack. Maybe don't hide the solution in all your dice which go like, here's Cohen's code. <laughs> like That was a bit okay. Sure. <laughs> I guess. You didn't need to label it. Could have just been a discovery <laughs> thing. There was one where I thought I discovered it in the environment because it was like a four-digit code, and then near it was like a sign saying, "Ah, oh, 29 days since four accidents, uh, four previous high." And I was like, "Ah, there you are. There's the number two nine four four. Got it." Roll. No, it's like, well, no, shit. It wasn't. It wasn't that clever. So much for being noticed. So much for noticing stuff. <laughs> uh, I think that's. I've just got a random thoughts. Electric trip wise drove me mad because you couldn't shoot them half the time. 
Um, I really loved the farmer's market level and the bee room where you have to try and get in and out pretty quickly while searching beehives like a madman. Uh, I think I've covered most of it. Oh, I thought there would be more downsides from the way the game portrays it to the alcohol smoking stuff. Because the game seems to say, oh, if you do this, bad things will happen. And if you drink like one or two drinks, your screen starts going, wee, wee, wee. But there's yeah, no real downside. Yeah, there's nothing. That. Yeah. It's a bit like Grand Theft Auto when you got your player drunk, it just swerves a bit side to side, screen goes a bit dodgy. Yeah. So, I, yeah. And then I think the last kind of main thing, which was kind of a design choice of it, but it's like, so they're all fighting over Rapture, which is a shithole, to be blunt. <laughs> I don't know why they want to be king of the slums, but okay, sure, whatever. But yeah. there's very few humans in the game. I think there's like six total. Yeah. It feels like they're fighting over the idea of what it used to be. Yeah. A little bit. Not definitely. what it is now, but they they think they still think it's as good as what it was, I think. Definitely. Because like you meet the researcher like... who's like the plant like cause he, for some reason they go like, let's kill the plants. That'll kill literally everyone, but okay. And then poisons her with gas. So why he didn't do that to you, I sure, whatever. But uh yeah, I don't know. Like as I say, there was like to be to give some complimentary levels, I love the upper class districts where you see the homes of all the people you've been bumping off throughout the game. I love the fact that I didn't have to kill Cohen. I love the farmer's market, as I mentioned. I love Fort Frolic. There are a lot of highs in Bioshock. It's just they almost always get outweighed by the negatives. Interesting. Uh, Laura, have you got anything? Do you want to add? Good, uh, bad, ugly? Do I want to add anything to that? I mean, I feel like i got to give praise for the design of the Big Daddy because he's scary. And there's not yes, many enemies. That is a- that's uh, a no, very distinct. I mean, you, know, you said you, oh, you don't attack them, they don't attack you. But when they do attack you, I'm like shitting myself. Oh, when they go red, it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like uh, inventing an enemy that's actually scary in a video game just visually, I know I might be biased because I had the collector's edition, so I had the statue. I still have that statue in my living room. <laughs> it's somewhere in my house. Um, but I really think that deserves praise because. I don't, I don't know why, but I sometimes feel uh, games can be lazy when it comes just to design the visual look of an enemy. Because a lot, I don't, it might be because I play a lot of shooters, but it's kind of like they have a gun, you're going to get shot, or they're, they're a creaturey alien and they look a bit slimy. Like, ooh. But I think Bioshock really went out of its way to use and play on people's fears, not to the point that it's a horror game. And it might even try to argue it's a horror game, but enough that you're like, oh, that's creepy. Oh, no, that I, gives me chills. I completely agree. Like, the the big daddies who kind of look like the whole deep sea divers but like possessed as it were or something like that they really yeah. do give off a creepy vibe and and even the little sisters i mean you're like you're looking at a generic a, a stereotypical trope of a, like a this hot, like, way mr b yeah but it's done so well and nice you're like yep that's terrifying um yeah that's the only thing i can think of that you haven't praised that i do think needs like a pat on the back uh, i will absolutely agree but they're probably one of the best enemy designs Full stop. Oh, okay. Slazos took my point and gone bolder. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I, can, I, mean, I even I without playing the game, game I could distinctly visualise it. Like, if you said draw a big daddy, I could draw a pretty good <laughs> big daddy, even without having played. That is fair. I mean, I I've made a better point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, it might be because I've played Gears recently and I just feel like, you know, when they had to change enemy from Locust to Swarm. Yeah, Swarm to Locust. <laughs> like, Locust the, to Swarm is. It's just the um, Locust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the set. So I just, I was just trying to think. It is kind of a real hard time to get that fresh design, get that fresh look, and I can't really fault Bioshock for that. So, any negatives you want to add? 
negative negatives see this is the thing i find with it it is like i said at the start it's one of those games where you play it the vibe's all good it's all good it ticks a lot of boxes but then it's that it's that i don't i know you're gonna say it's must play but it's like that it doesn't do enough just to make me say i must see what happens next it might be due to the audio thing that slays a reference it might be that but when you play something like the last of us you want to know the next bit of the story so you finish it and then when you have free time again you play it with bioshock i always felt that i enjoyed while i was playing it but i never got that roped in enough to be like look i'm free now i'm gonna play bioshock i'm i it was more like oh i guess i should play bioshock <laughs> which is weird I- I completely agree. I played by like I played Bioshock, but most of this was out of obligation for this episode of the podcast, rather than a genuine desire to want to see more. There were a few oh. exceptions. There were some times where I was like, "No, I want to see the next act." But yeah, it, it's very odd because I'm guessing it's mostly due to the story. But then it, I, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing because it's like that X factor that some games have and you don't, and sometimes you just can't put your finger on why it doesn't have that. Because like I said, the, you know, some of the vibes, the scary thing. You do want a mystery solver why you're there. I mean, that never goes... Uh, I mean, they establish because you're like, where the fuck am I? And then it's like spending the game. Oh, here the fuck I am. I'm but, not going to um, lie. I, I have thought in my initial notes, I had like, right, so he's either dead or it's a coma <laughs> or he's asleep. It's not all credit to them. <laughs> yeah, but that's the long going. At least there's a question you yeah. should be wanting. But even then, it's not a strong enough question that you're like, yeah, cool. I'm desperate to know. Or at least I found a few hours in, I'm like, I've kind of forgotten, just accepted this is my life now. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's probably my negative. It feels really harsh because, like I said, it's that X Factor thing, that thing you can't say, if they did this, this would happen. But it's, that's just where I, I had that with Bioshock Infinite in Venice. So I wanted to know. So whatever it is, the mystery ingredient, they found it by the third one. So, yeah, See, I for me, really I, th- I think Sorry. for me, the, the opening to it, like when the plane crashes and you're in the water, I remember playing that on the 360 and thinking, is this still a cutscene? Because I think of how good it looked back then. And then even like when you first come down in the bathosphere and you see Rapture, when you see that full environment opening up, it is like, it's one of those moments I think sticks with you a little bit. I don't know yeah. what you thought was not really obviously playing it previously and this is your first time, but when you come down and like it opens up to Rapture and you like, you go through and like see all like the random things swimming around then you see a big daddy and a little sister walking past at some point i don't know what your thoughts on that were but i really really enjoyed that and like the opening part where the splicer attacks your bathosphere that you're in and everything that that opening part really set it up for me quite well and like what you said there i wanted to carry on playing it but i think when you get to the big reveal the big plot twist or whatever it kind of diminishes a little bit but i enjoy everything up until then it's only after then that it's a little bit well, I may as well finish it now, but it's not really... I think it's only, what, a couple hours of gameplay after that to finish, so it's not really massive. So it's like the uh, yeah, first... three, three, three to five hours. There's like, I think there's three levels left after the twist, and then the boss. Yeah. I think like the first three quarters of the game are brilliant, but it's the last quarter, which isn't the best. I, I, I feel that you could cut like about a third of the game out. There are bad levels in each act of the game, as it were, that you could chop out to make a better experience, I think. Yeah. There's bits, there's, there's bits I would take out, but I still think as, a, as an overall experience, the first three quarters are really good. The last quarter is not. Has anyone got anything else to want to add before we wrap this up and talk about what the next free stuff game is? 
I think I think um, I feel at peace. I feel Bioshock has been so overanalyzed by us that um, they didn't have to play it. Now you're welcome, viewers. Yeah, just go go play still, uh, viewers, listeners. Ooh. Yeah, go play Bioshock Infinite. You're welcome. I'm Bioshock Two. Don't play Bioshock Two. Yeah, so, so <laughs> just quickly going into Bioshock Two because I want to. Oh God! <laughs> feel so, free to. I'm never going to play it. So this yeah. is. I'm just. I'm just picking up like from a few reviews. So I just had a quick look at because I thought. I remember this as well that when you play Bioshock One, uh, Bioshock Two, after Bioshock, after the original Bioshock, you learn a little bit more about Rapture, and it makes Rapture seem a lot better. Is it not for set Bioshock in One? Rapture. So both One and Two are set in Rapture, but I'm saying okay. Two explores a lot more of Rapture and a lot of other parts that you don't see, and it oh, kind okay. of, and for me, that improved my idea of Rapture. And looking at some reviews, quite a few people agree with that as well. That Bioshock Two actually improved Bioshock One. As I as I mentioned right back at the start to go full circle, Bioshock does strike me as a game as the more you put in, the more you get out. If you yeah. listen to all the audio dies, you'll have a much better experience. If you look into the history of the Rapture and all that outside of the game, you'll have a better experience. If you play yeah. the sequels, you'll have a better experience. Yeah. And I think anyone who does want to play them, I do recommend you play them. Like all three of them to get the full to get the full story and everything. So those are, don't worry, I'm not going to force you to play two and three. We're not going to put them <laughs> I'm not. As the I'm next- not. They are not the next two games for free stuff. I, say, I think I'll just say I've been very negative. I'm well aware my opinion is in the minority. I'll just say if you're playing this for the first time in 2020, be prepared that it is a game of its time in some ways. Some of it endures, but some of it is 2007. Yeah, I can. I completely agree with that, to be honest. I think, I think if you played it in 2007, you could probably see why it got really good reviews. And you play it now, and they probably drop by a couple of points because of it's been done better. If you play personally. it now and you read the reviews like I do, where people are like, this is one of the best experiences ever made. I'm like, all right, chill yeah. out. <laughs> it's, it's not as much as much as I love the game. Like I really do love it. Yeah, it's there's, there's been better games that have done a lot better with the setting and with gameplay and everything since then. Yeah, but that's I the think. emphasis since then. Yeah, so. since then they've sort of taken the Bioshock formula and improved it's... it more. Yeah. So I think we'll wrap we'll wrap that one up there. That was our first ever free stuff. Um, if you've played Bioshock and you want to sort of let us know your opinions on it, tweet us at Behind Lagging on Twitter. Two weeks in a row, I've got it right. Yeah, just be like at Behind Lagging. How the shit did Slazer not know there was a weapon? Yeah, please, please, everyone, tweet that. Even if you haven't played the game, just tweet that. <laughs> and so what we'll do now is we'll introduce our next game for free stuff, and that is Ori and the Blind Forest. So that came out. In 2015, on Xbox One, was it just an Xbox One exclusive, or did it come out on PC at the same time as well? Uh, Xbox One at launch because it was pre Game Pass. Yes, so that is on Game Pass now, or you can buy it for 3.99 in the store for the next. Will be about a week after this podcast goes live. It'll be 3.99, and from what I've read, it's well worth it. But I don't really know too yeah, much about it's available it. Available on Xbox One, Windows PC, and Nintendo Switch. It is yes. So I'm going to quickly read the blurb like we did with Bioshock, and I'm going to put as much positivity and reels to try and sell it to you in this. It's a really good opening line. The forest of Nibble is dying. That's a good start. After a powerful storm sets a series of devastating events in motion, Ori must journey to find courage and confront a dark nemesis to save the forest of Nibble. Ori in the Blind Forest tells the tale of a young orphan destined for heroics through a visually stunning action platformer crafted by Moon Studios, featuring hand-painted artwork, meticulously animated character performance, a full orchestrated score, and dozens of new features in the Definitive Edition. 
are in the blind forest explores a deeply emotional story about love and sacrifice and the hope that exists in us all there were some big words in there oh in the blind forest is a fun metrovania which we're gonna play yeah pretty much so we'll be back well, we'll be back with Ori in the Blind Forest in episode, episode 10. 10. So we'll, two months. We'll be, back. we'll be back like in two weeks' time. Um, so that wraps up episode five of the Lagging Behind podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have played Bioshock or if you want to sort of suggest any other free games for us to play, please tweet us at Behind Lagging. You can find us all on our individual socials on Twitter. I'm at Jody Squires. Slazo is at Slazo King, S L A Z O K I N G. Laura is at. Laura, Law. I ain't spelling I was... it out for you. <laughs> do you want me to do L A U O L A U? Even with a bit of saying that. U O L A U. F A B O. Right, this is how you get copyrighted. I would start. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Goodbye. Bye bye. A man chooses a slave obeys. Would you kindly like, comment, and subscribe? Nice.